Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest introduces Philip and Tara Barbie, who give their testimony on becoming the new youth pastors for Faith Life Fellowship. Uh, the pictures don't do it justice. <laughs> there were 75 kids, and the testimony is, is that they all went home. If they weren't saved, they got saved, or they rededicated their lives. If they weren't filled with the Holy Ghost, they went home filled with the Holy Ghost, all of them, and set free and delivered from depression, oppression, suicide, all kinds of things. Uh, The list could go on and on, but praise God, that's why we have such a heart for it and a passion for it, because God has just shown us how these kids can be set free and delivered, and get set on fire for God. So next year, we'll come back with a video full of the kids from this church that go, and they're going to have kids camp as well as youth camp next year. So hopefully we will get to be a part of, um, of both of those, but it's just an awesome time for kids to just get set on fire for God, but we want them to come back and help keep them that way. Uh, so Anyways, as we were, as Pastor Scott asked us to kind of share about camp and, um, and our vision for youth, the Lord just kept taking me back to our testimony about how we even got to Faith Life Fellowship, because that is an important, crucial part. We wouldn't be standing here today without that. And praise God, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I just want to briefly share with you... Um, part of our testimony, and Philip, I know, has more to add to it as well, but um, so I'll let you share the part about October, and then. Well, glory to God. Okay. Um, uh, Part of the testimony, I'll start my part with, uh, we do own our own business. Uh, We're self-employed. and I would say probably towards the beginning of October last year, when we still lived up in Charlotte, uh, work had started, um, I don't want to say slowing down, but uh, it just wasn't as consistent as what I was used to. Um, and in that time frame, uh, looking back, I see how you know the, the enemy comes with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Well, the thoughts started entering my life, man, it's, you know, work's drying up. What what can I do to generate work? So, of course, I, in the natural, start doing everything I know to do, working all these little marketing ideas and things like that, and it just, it was not taking off. You know, I was doing everything in my might and power trying to get things going. Uh, and, and at that same time, uh, the thoughts just kept going, you know, and the work's drying up. What are you going to do? So fear entered in, and then shortly after that, you know, when you open the door to fear, what quickly follows is depression. So I started down a very dark, steep slope of depression to where, you know, you don't eat, you definitely can't sleep, Um, the enemy is just literally tormenting you day and night. 
And that went on for, I would say, about two and a half months. Around December, you know, Tara just looked at me and said, listen, you are not you. Something has got to change. We've got to go back. When did this start? You know, and, and we went back. We prayed. We realized, you know, where the I opened the door to the enemy. Um, and in that uh, is where we began to see, okay, Oh, yeah, I repented first and foremost for being the head of my house and not taking my rightful place like I should have and taking my authority and getting rid of casting this thing out. Um, but in doing that, you know, I started to see some changes we needed to make in our life and the different directions that we needed to go. And um, and that's where our journey began. <laughs> So we we went to God and we said, Lord, what's going on? Because we know that you're not withholding from us. And we know that we're not walking in your highest and your best right now. So you've got to take us and show us where did we miss it? Because we knew it was on us. We had missed it somewhere. And he took us back. We repented. And then we said, okay, Lord, we're leaving the past behind. We're moving forward with what you want us to do. Well, immediately he started showing us the changes. And one of those was to find a new church. So we started praying about finding a new church. And what he didn't say is the reason we have our own business is because a year ago we both got let go of our jobs. And we said, Lord, what do we do now? We've got three kids that we've got to provide for. What are we going to do? We trust you and we know that you love us and you're going to take care of us no matter what. So it doesn't matter how impossible this situation looks. You are the God of more than enough and you love us and you love our children. So we were led to start our own business and that seemed crazy in the natural. Like here we are, we've lost our jobs. There's no money coming in, but let's start a business. That's a great idea in the natural but God was in it, and through that, then we started praying about our kids and what God's plan was for them, and then he led me to homeschool. If you had told me I was going to homeschool five years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. I was not cut out. How could I be cut out to homeschool? That's such a large responsibility, but you know what? God called me to be their mother, and that gift was inside of me, and I didn't even realize it, and it's the best thing that has ever happened to our family. Who would have thought losing our jobs and homeschooling would be the best thing that ever happened to us? But it freed us up to be able to truly say, Lord, this is not our life to live. It's for you. What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? What do you want us to say? And so as we started praying about the church, uh, we started looking up churches, and of course, we were looking, we were in Waxhaw, which is right outside of Charlotte, so we, right, and it was just like, everything was a dead end. I mean, I've lived in Charlotte for 37 years, so it was like, the Lord said, look up a church in Wilmington, non-denominational, non-denominational, and spirit-filled and word of faith. And so as we started typing in, Faith Life Fellowship came up and I started listening to the podcast and Philip came home that day and I said, honey, I think I found the church the Lord wants us to go visit. So we started praying about it and we knew we were supposed to come and visit. And of course, my dad moved here four years ago and we had prayed about moving here then. I mean, that just seemed like we wanted to be close to our family. It just 
you know, why don't we just move? And we prayed about it. We even came down here. My dad and I went and looked at houses and it was just like, no, it's just not the right timing. So see, that was God planting the seed in us four years ago for what was going to come. But we weren't in the position and the place we needed to be in order to come at that point. So when we lost our jobs and started our own business and homeschooled, it was like, we're free to go wherever you want us to go, Lord. There's nothing holding us back. Not a paycheck, not a school system. There's nothing. We're going to go where you want us to go. So we found Faith Life Fellowship online. The Holy Spirit is the best marketing tool there is, by the way, because we, I told Pastor Scott, I said, when we came here, we walked through the door and we knew we were home the first Sunday we came. And But what I've got to say is I've got to go back and give God the glory because we planned to come visit the first Sunday, uh, February 16th. It was Valentine's Day weekend. This is after months of no income coming in. And we just kept thanking the Lord and standing on the word, even though in the natural it looked crazy. And I had even started to call my dad that week and say, Dad, it's just not wisdom for us to come because we don't even have $50 to put gas in the car to get there. And I just kept hearing in my spirit the inward witness, and he just kept saying, no, you're supposed to go, just trust me. So what does faith do? Faith acts. Faith says, I'm going, I don't care what's in the bank account, God is going to get me there no matter what. And so I just turned on praise and worship music, And I just started praising him through the house because when you worship God and in his presence, the enemy can't attack your thoughts when you're so caught up in God's presence and giving him the glory and the honor and the praise. So that's what I did. I got my bag out. I started packing. (laughs) I went to my closet and I was figuring out what I was going to wear to church, which seems like a trivial thing. But God was there. And This is my money in the mouth of fish story (laughs) because I went and got a pair of pantyhose out. My mom passed away four years ago and she had pantyhose. So I kept them and I had them in my closet. I've never worn them, never opened them, started to give them away. I can't tell you countless times. And I opened the one pair that looked kind of like leggings that I was going to wear with the dress that I was going to wear that Sunday. Didn't even end up wearing that, by the way. But I opened up those pantyhose, and there was $400 inside. And I just started weeping and just laughing because only God could do that. Maybe my mom did put it in there. I don't know. It could have been one of my angels that went and put that money in there that day. But you know what? If I had given up and looked at all the natural circumstances, if we had looked at the natural circumstances, we never would have made it here. And wow, who would have thought? We had no idea coming here that we would end up being the youth leaders. So praise God. God had a plan, but the enemy tried to stop it and hinder it. But praise God. We trusted him, and he brought us through. So that's how we got here. And we came, like I said, the first Sunday, and we knew that this was where God wanted us to be. We went home, and I'm sure people thought we were crazy, but we said, 
we don't have any questions. We don't have any doubt. We know this is where God wants us. We're putting our house on the market. We're moving to Wilmington. We have no idea where we're going to live. We don't have any business down here, but we're going where God wants us to go. And so we put our house on the market in February. Well, then, of course, you know what came in March. The COVID had already started, but everyone was thinking, oh, it's not going to come here. It's not going to affect us. Well, two weeks into putting our house on the market, the COVID shut everything down. And we're like, Lord, we know you told us to sell our house. You know, this we're not crazy. We know we had a inward witness and a leading that we're supposed to go to Wilmington and we're supposed to sell our house. But you know what? God was in it all along because our house in the market we were in and in the neighborhood that we lived in, it could have sold in a day. But you know what? God wouldn't have gotten as much glory as two weeks into COVID and you can't even take people to see a house. It sold. And it sold through a virtual tour. The realtor came, walked through the house with her mask and her gloves and her phone And buyers bought it sight unseen from California who were also praying and believing God to be relocated to the Charlotte area. And so our house was exactly what they were praying for. And thank God with what's going on in California, thank God they got relocated and they're not there because they're Christians and they were praying and believing God to get out of California. So it's just... God works in ways, he works in the supernatural. He works in the unseen. You know, his path for us, I'm supposed to be doing notes, but <laughs> but that's how the Holy Ghost works. Um, but, you know, his path for us is not always going to be the full picture. Actually, most of the time, it's not the whole picture. He's going to give you a glimpse, and he's going to wait on you to be obedient. He waits on us to be obedient. And then when we're, in a, when we're obedient to take that step and to fully surrender and to trust him, then he can move mightily. And uh, so I, I wrote down a scripture, um, Proverbs 14, 12, and as I was praying about this morning. And it says, It says, there is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but its end is the way of death. See, the devil comes and tries to make his path look bright and wide and easy. And that's just not, that's not the truth. God's way is narrow. And you know what? There might be some curves and some some hills and some mountains, but he's given us the tools. He's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us overcome and conquer and get through all of the things that we're going to face along the way. But it's just about faith and trusting him. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. So I just want to encourage you. It's not anything that Philip and I have done on our own. It's truly by the Spirit of God and His leading. And praise God, we're so excited to be a part of the the work that God is doing here at Faith Life Fellowship. We all know that there's been a turning point, I believe. And God is raising up us, the people that are in here and the people that are coming that are on their way. We can't look at the number because God changed the world and turned it upside down with 12. So we can't look at that. And that's, you know, where our heart is with the youth. It's like the Lord prepared 
our hearts coming here, we have three children. So naturally, we would be looking for a church that has a huge youth group and youth programs and, you know, all these things. And the Lord had us to read Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, his book, Following God's Plan for Your Life, before we came and visited. And it was like he was already preparing our hearts. It said in there, uh, Brother Hagen said, people miss it because they're looking for a church. They're looking for what they can get. They're looking to go somewhere for all that they can get and all that they can receive instead of, Lord, where can I give what you have in me, what you've placed in me? Where do you want me to go that I can give and be a blessing? And in that, we're going to receive all that we can imagine and more. So praise God, I believe that's our testimony is that we're here to give, but we're also here to receive what God has for us. And we're here to serve God and we're here to serve our pastors that God has already given us. Such a great love for. It's just, it's not a natural thing. It's not a natural thing. Not everybody has pastors. I did not plan on saying this. <laughs> not everybody has pastors like Pastor Scott and Miss Trish. We have a blessing from God. He has us in their lives and they are in our lives for a reason. And we are so thankful because we've been to other churches and it's not that way at every church. There's such a, a gift here with, we were just talking about this yesterday, but a gift of a balance of the word and the spirit. But the gifts of the Spirit that operate here, they operate with the fruit of the Spirit. And I've never seen such a love and just such a humility and meekness that our pastors have in the ministry. So we're very thankful. We give God all the glory and the honor. And I had some notes. <laughs> but I'll just tell you in the testimony that, we, that I just shared, Number one, and I didn't give this to the PowerPoint, I apologize, but number one, we have to be willing to surrender our will to God's. And surrender means to cease resistance, submission to forego our will in order to walk out God's. So that was number one. And number two, I shared, or we shared that we asked, where did God want to plan us? It wasn't about what we what we wanted. It was where does God want to plan us? Because where he leads you, he provides. And you've got to hold fast to what he tells you. Because we had every opportunity to say, well, Lord, maybe we're not supposed to go to Wilmington because in the natural, it doesn't look like all these things that normally should come into place before we move, they weren't. But we had an anchor. God's word and his promise is your anchor. When the tough times come, when the delays and the distractions and the discouragement and the disappointment, when those things come, you've got to be anchored in the word and in God's promise and what he's told you. Because where he leads, he provides. And the enemy will try to come and try to get you to uproot, to move, to do what is not in God's plan. So you've got to hold fast to that. And that's number three. Hold fast to what God has spoken to you. Because his words and his promises are what are going to anchor you and hold you steady instead of being tossed to and fro when the enemy tries to come. 
So praise God. That's that's my part. And <laughs> Well, glory to God. I think we could go home now and say we had church. <laughs> so um, I, too, had some notes, but based off of everything my wife just said, led by the Holy Spirit, I think I'll condense some of them. <laughs> so... Hello. There we go. Sorry, I'm not used to this. All right. So piggybacking off of my wife, uh, we are uh, working with Faith Life Fellowship, heading up the youth program. And I know as you look around, you may say, well, where are they at? We see them. They're here. They're here by faith. You know, God's placed this in our heart many years ago when we worked with another church in their youth program. Uh, many looked at that program and the few that were there uh, and, and, you know, um, we had great opportunity to let it get stagnant, stay the way it was. Um, but God's placed a passion in our heart for young people. Um, you know, Brother Hagen ministered many years ago that if you don't teach this next generation a move of the Holy Spirit, it'll be lost. And I want to veer off my notes, but I believe that's what's God, that's what God has placed in our heart. This next generation, kids like Noah, Caleb, you know, even Stella, Ryder, if we don't teach them what a true move of the Holy Spirit is, then as they get older, we think, you know, the riots and the protesting now is insane. If we don't teach these kids to stand up and take their rightful place in the body of Christ, what's this next generation going to be like? Right. You know, even now as the age that where we all are now, we have to stand up. We have to take our rightful place. The church has to be bold and say, listen, I'm not going to stand, you know, for what's going on, because it's nothing but an attack from the enemy. You know, God's called us to raise up a generation that is bold, that is confident, that is fully persuaded that he is God Almighty. He is Jesus Christ, the anointed one. We have to teach them to have a confidence in what his promises are, and his promises are all in the word of God. You know, children youth they can be excited you can get them in with programs you can get them in with activities but activities come and go programs fail but the only thing that stays the same throughout it all is the word of God and Jesus Christ and as these kids come in here you know God gave me three the Holy Spirit gave me three things um and again, I didn't give you this to put on PowerPoint. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we have to, in these last days, we have to train ourselves and more importantly, youth to be fully persuaded of who we are in Christ. He gave me three different things. Number one is to stand up and take our rightful place in the body of Christ and in the local church. He's given us all a talent. He's given us all a supernatural ability, a gift to do something in the local church. You know, he didn't call us to come and just receive, to pull, and that's it. 
we all have a gift to do something, no matter how small. It's, it may not be the five-fold ministry gifts. We know we're not all called to that, but we all have a place in the body of Christ and in the local church. And that's what we want to teach these young children as they come in here, you know, to serve. That's, how, that's where your blessing is. You know, you can receive, you can learn, you can gain knowledge, but you've got to, you've got to be able to give in return. And that's where you open the door to God's blessing. Uh, the second thing is we want to teach them how to cause others to rise up. You know, if they're not fully persuaded of what happened on Calvary, then something out there is going to convince them of something else. Some washed down, watered down, seeker friendly, you know, let's just love and hug everybody kind of gospel. And that's not what we're about. You know, we do love everybody everybody that comes in here, but God's calling us to raise a standard, to raise these children up and for them to have a boldness to cause others to rise up, to teach them how to be disciples in their, in their high schools, in their you know, colleges, because it's not just you know, high school. You know, we've got young adults. We've got singles, young marrieds. It's, you know, this ministry goes to all, but it's ministry through love it's teaching them to be, dis I'm trying to word it correctly, because you're kind of whispered in my ear. It's okay, it's okay. I just said in love. Yes, we minister in love. You have to, because no matter what they come in here with, they're looking to be loved. They're looking to know that God loves them first and foremost, no matter what. No matter what you're facing, no matter what lifestyle you're living right now, God's love that's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost is greater than anything you're facing. So, uh, and, and to be fully persuaded to cause others to rise up, we, we teach them that because, like I said earlier, if we don't, when they go out in the world, the world's constantly bombarding them, whether it's social media, internet, I mean, stuff, you know, we're not ancient, but, you know, there's stuff kids are facing now that we just had no clue of. I mean, I didn't have internet till I got to college, you know, no cell phone till I could afford it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kids these days, I mean, even at, you know, seven years old, we're putting parental controls on everything because the world is constantly just trying to sneak in, you know, little things. Um, you know, my little girl, seven years old, you know, she said something the other day, um, you know, about working out. I'm like, baby, why do you need to work out? Well, you know, I want to I be skinny. I was like, baby, you're beautiful. You're the way God made you. But, you know, you start looking at these cartoons that they watch that seem to be innocent well they're already projecting image problems on these young people and that's just it's the little things it's the little things and all of a sudden that seed is planted and it can be a hindrance in the future um, so that's why I say you know as the youth come in here it's on our heart to really encourage them fill them with the word of God teach them a move of the spirit so that they're bold they're confident you know when when you have a confidence in the word of God and what it says, the promises that are in here, when the enemy comes, you know, with thoughts, ideas, suggestions, you know, oh, you didn't work this week. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to continue to stand on the word. Philippians 4.19, my God supplied all my needs, no matter what it is. If I didn't have work, you know, he's more than enough. I command and demand a sevenfold return on what the enemy stole from me. You just have to know with the confidence. And I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody else in here. 
you know, God is more than enough. If you're facing sickness, disease, lack, poverty, there's a promise in this word that will get you through no matter what. But you can't be fully persuaded. You can't have a confidence and a knowing until you get in here, make an effort, and find out what it says. And then... Hmm? Oh, okay. My fully persuaded scripture. Yes, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I began studying this about two weeks ago, this passage of scripture talking about Abraham. Um... And in doing so, about the same time, Pastor Scott and Miss Trish approached Tara and I, and uh, we prayed about it, and we accepted, you know, the invitation to be the youth leaders here. And uh, in doing that, you think, okay, well, what are we going to call the group? You know, where are we going to pull the people from? What's our, uh, what are our goals to teach them? Well, I just kept going over this passage of Scripture and just being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Not only did he have the power to do it, but he's willing and able to do it. It's his will. If he's placed something in your heart, he's able to accomplish it. The promise is there, but the enemy's going to come immediately to attack what he's placed in your heart. I mean, there's things God's placed in my heart. I'm thinking, my God, how do I even begin to accomplish what you've put in there? And it's step by step. It's like my wife said, you know, you don't get the full picture. If he gave you the full picture, the whole map right there, I mean, there, there wouldn't be much faith in it. You just kind of walk it out. But it's step by step. It's progressive revelation. So in praying about the youth group and praying um, about going forward, the Holy Spirit just ministered to me that our youth group, we're not going to be called the edge or the vine or anything, you know, 180, clicky like that. But he just said, we're fully persuaded. Teach these youth to be fully persuaded. So um, in prayer, we, we are calling our youth group, we are fully persuaded. So uh, that is going to be our scripture to stand on, Romans 4.21, that we are fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he's promised. And if he leads you somewhere, he's going to make the provision to accomplish what he's placed in your heart. Okay. I got my encourager over here beside me. <laughs> okay. All right. Last, last, number three, then we're done. <laughs> the last thing that God placed on my heart for these youth is to teach him, teach them what is their mandate? What is their calling? We, like I said, we're not all called to the five-fold ministry gifts, but he did tell us to go into all the world, to go into our communities, our neighborhoods, our groups, our school system, and to minister with signs following. You know, Mark 6, 15 through 20, um, it goes into that. Uh, 16 says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will begin it condemned and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name they will drive out demons they will speak in new tongues they will pick up snakes which we don't handle snakes we all know what they're, they're going to there and we don't drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them they'll place their hands on sick people and they will get well that's what our heart is to minister to these young people that's what God has called us to do and in these last days, yes, it takes prayer, it takes supplication, it takes intercessory prayer. But on the reverse of that, he's called us to go out. 
and to lay hands on the sick. You don't need to spend five hours a day praying, Lord, send somebody. No, you go out there. You're anoint He's anointed us to lay hands on the sick. He's anointed us to set people free from demonic forces. That's alive in each and every one of us, and that's what my heart and passion for this next generation as they come in here is to teach them that God's more than enough. He's our source. He's our healer. He is more than enough in every situation. Um, and again, today I've ministered to myself as much as I have anybody else. Uh, but that's our heart. That's our desire uh, as we go forward and, and grow this youth group. So I'll turn it over to Pastor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I tell you what, y'all just stay up here. We're going to pray for them. All right? Everybody stretch your hand toward Philip and Tara. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we speak your anointing over them to do what you've called them to do in this day and this hour. Thank you, Father God. You give them witty inventions, new ideas, new ways of doing things. Father God, uh, you give them an excitement and a fervor about this that's unrivaled. And Father God, you give them the direction and the guidance uh, through me, but also through the Holy Spirit within them, Father God. And together, we will march this youth group in the direction that God has for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody agree. Say amen. amen. All right. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed meeting our new youth pastors, Philip and Tara Barbie. If this message has blessed you and you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by donating on our website at gofaithlife.com. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you'd like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.